0: Welcome to the pop dust podcast. I'm Jordan Edwards. My guest today is Aaron Taus raised in Connecticut and based in LA. He has toured with King princess and has had his music featured on various TV shows and video games, including NBA 2k 20 more recently, his latest single. I just fell in love with my ex premiered on pop dust back in February. Aaron, what's going on, man?
1: how's it going dude just holding up in quarantine
0: what's your day-to-day like in terms of music are you making music are you writing are you recording what's going on right now
1: yeah so i'm lucky because i um i'm i produce a lot of my own stuff and record i'm in it like you mentioned i'm in la now so a lot of the reason i came here was to be in like the collaborative studio settings and Uh, I haven't been here in four months. I got back right at the beginning of March. So I had about one good week of collaborating and getting in studio sessions and all this stuff. And then obviously everything kind of stopped. So um, I'm definitely missing some of the collaborative uh, sessions, but you know, I have a bunch of ideas. I've been diving back in and finishing, sending a lot of songs out for mixes. Yeah, looking back at old songs I probably hadn't thought of in a while. And uh, I'm, I'm, like you mentioned, I released the song, I just fell in love with my ex. And um, I'm kind of in the middle of releasing this next project. And so this actually has been a little brief kind of intermission to stop and look at the songs and really make sure that everything's mixed right and like, getting some features on it. And it's been a, just a, a good time to reevaluate where everything's at
0: you've had your music placed in TV shows, video games, how much of, of the licensing, uh, side of this is being affected? Are, are you still able to reach out to media companies to get your music placed in things?
1: I, I'm not working a single currently, um, since quarantine, I don't know exactly how that process has changed. You know, when I start releasing something in a month or so in quarantine, I might have a, a better answer, but in terms of, um, just going on honestly not a lot has changed because people are still streaming music actively um certainly the the shows are on hold and i have you know i haven't gotten a sync opportunity you know in the last month it's possible uh that that's had a correlation with that but i think myself and other artists have been talking about using this time to some people are you know taking a break because obviously you're you know, I just got off a tour, you're, you're constantly in session. Some people are taking a creative break and I I did that maybe for the first week or two. And then I I feel like a lot of people are just starting to think new creative content wise to drop like little strip videos, for instance. Um, every, every week this month, I'm going to drop a little video around the house with a strip version of one of my songs. So just kind of like taking the time to make some things you maybe wouldn't have made if you didn't have the time.
0: Right. And, I'm curious about your process because I interviewed the DJ Alexander for the last show, and he's a DJ. He's an electronic musician. He uses samplers. He uses keyboards and and drum machines. You play real guitar. You have real drums, real bass. So does that make it extra difficult?
1: You know what? It's made it difficult... In a couple ways. Like I said, I produce a lot of my stuff. So I luckily in LA here, I have my guitar and my bass and I have my recording set up so I can make, you know, 80% of the things I want to make. I can actually get done. But the difficult thing is when it's collaborative, right? Like I had a couple songs I wanted live drums on studios don't open. I can't get my drummer in to go to the studio. Another thing is some of these featured songs that I want to get featured. Um, Some people actually don't have home recording setups and the studios aren't open. So I'm kind of waiting on some files or some sessions to be sent to me. You know, collaborating over the Internet actually is pretty easy when this day and age. But when people don't have the equipment, it certainly makes it harder.
0: It's a strange mix doing this show because on one hand, it would seem tone deaf not to, um, acknowledge the quarantine, but at the same time, talking about the quarantine has almost become a cliche in interviews and stuff. Are you at this point? Are you like just tired of it? Right. Like, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, like, you know, there's the personal opinions and then it's, you're reminded every time you turn on the news that this is serious and people are dying and people are sick and losing people. And, you know, my parents are older and they're scared, you know, like, so everyone's certainly a little on edge. Uh, Maybe like the initial um, craziness is sort of, the shock has died down a little bit and everyone's kind of getting used to this now and getting a little stir crazy. I'm lucky that uh, I live with two people that I'm really good friends with. And one of which is a really great creative partner, especially on the video side. So I'm uh, at least in a creative personal position, I've I've been taking advantage and actually um, finding some, some um, benefit of being trapped in the house with someone that I'm good at creating stuff with. But, um, but you're right. I mean, you know i want to go see people i want to go see my family i want to get in sessions i want to play again i want to go to shows but you know it, it, you can't complain too much given the gravity of
0: it right right you mentioned videos One, you have you have some really great videos and you do a good job of mixing kind of the straightforward performance aspect of a video and then you add these surreal touches, like you wore an alien mask in one of your videos and you do weird, the um, I Just Fall In Love With My ex video has a little choreography involved.
1: I think just normally my brain, you know, like if we're doing some concept related to the song it wants to go maybe, tend to go a little weirder, have some flair, you know, like maybe that's just years of watching Tim and Eric and you know, like Rick and Morty or whatever, just like, just that little extra, just yeah. Weirdness or surrealness. you know, video by video. Um, like for instance, the alien one, honestly, that wasn't even my concept at all. The videographer came to me with that and I just said, sure. Now that was a experience in its own. Cause that was in the middle of August. It was like a hundred degrees. I was in this movie grade prosthetic. I was sweating. It was actually awful, but you know, now I'm more proud about the video
0: um you felt like a real actor right like you yeah had i mean, you getting hair was, and makeup and stuff
1: it was serious shit it was uh it was and,
0: and what what song was that for just so they can look it
1: up that was for control uh something other interesting about control is the and that's the
0: song that's the song on nba 2k right
1: yeah so that yeah. song that song's gotten a lot of attention and then in the last couple of weeks the lyrics um, i wrote when I was kind of stuck at my family's house in between moving. And it was honestly kind of like a quarantine situation where I was waking up doing the same thing every day. I wasn't in my space, but it was kind of like a Truman show scenario. And, um, you know, some of the lyrics are like, uh, I don't like going out, but I just want uh, but I don't want to stay at home. And so like over the last couple of weeks, a lot of people have been writing me or DMing me saying like, oh, this is so relevant in quarantine. And then I've seen a lot of people on TikTok, you know, like doing it and, and kind of like sharing their quarantine experience. So it's been really interesting.
0: Let's talk about music itself. And, you know, let's pretend this is being recorded three months from now and everything's great one thing that you really do well, one thing, one of my favorite aspects of your music is you've got some really great bass lines. Um, I knew you were going to
1: say, I think you've said that
0: to me. I know. Well, I've never mentioned it on an interview before, so it's fresh. They don't know that. They don't know that.
1: But I know personally, anyone listening, Jordan's a big fan of my bass lines. So I think, um, I just really like riffs, right? Like Tame Impala. Tame Impala is a good example, right? Like he, he's a drum player. Um, Kevin Parker is a, but he, I mean, he produces and plays everything, but it's the catchy bass riffs. I don't know. I, I When my listening tendencies, I gravitate towards riffs. And, uh, you know, I, sometimes I go in sessions with people and they actually notice that about my music and they say, let's do something that's not based on a riff because sometimes the riff dictates too much the melody and maybe like with a simpler chord progression, you can have a more complex vocal melody. And I I, I certainly like see that side of things. I just, when I make a drum beat or I hear a drum beat, like I think my brain just maybe from my listening tendencies, from listening to like bands like Arctic Monkeys or like Franz Ferdinand, I just really like a catchy guitar bass riff. Right. And, and usually the guitar and bass riff are sometimes doing the same thing. So I, I, if I, if I make, sometimes, I'd say like 75% of the tracks I start is just with a basic beat, you know, like a sampled uh, kick and snare with some hi hat and whatever. I think normally I just just sit down with the bass first, just lay down that like riff, that groove that feels right. And, you know, I, I can't really pinpoint why I do it, but it just, once that catchy wrist in there, it just feels like, okay, now I'm on to something. You know,
0: yeah, yeah, you're I'm a big Alex Turner fan, and I feel like he has also influenced you lyrically too.
1: absolutely. If you listen to some of my high school bands music or even maybe a couple you know my Aaron House tracks. You can definitely hear that. I mean, early stuff, I was just ripping the guy off totally. Uh, But, I mean, I think people do that to some extent. Luckily, I've kind of grown into my own now, and it's its own thing. But it's so, you know, it's hard, especially when you're just starting and you like someone so much. You're just kind of recreating bad versions of, you know, Arctic Monkeys songs. But, I mean, his lyrics are really inspired me to begin with.
0: Not to get too nerdy too in the weeds, but I really love the EP he did for the film Submarine, that acoustic based stuff. Have you ever gone into, have you ever done any really stripped down just acoustic type stuff? Because I feel like even your more simple songs, you know, there's, there's a big drum beat in there. There's a big bass line in there.
1: Well, there's two, two answers. One is that, uh, I think um those kind of tracks are a little scary sometimes because you you know it's a vulnerability it's it's you the guitar and you know it's just your vocal and the guitar and i think earlier on i was scared mm-hmm. to do that kind of stuff because maybe i didn't have the confidence in my vocals now i'm definitely more open to it i actually do have a bunch of tracks that are set aside um waiting for could be for a mix that are you know, maybe an acoustic album is in the works. I think, yeah, I think one is that they're a little scary and, and two is that maybe, maybe this is the wrong mentality, but if I have a song that has a catchy bass line, or feels like it's got a big hook or is a little dancier, I tend to want to release those sooner rather than later because sometimes I feel like people don't listen to the acoustic stuff as much, but
0: It'd be an in- interesting scenario if you, came out with a all acoustic ballad and that ended up being your big famous song you know
1: I know and that would totally go against everything i was saying like for instance my song loneliness is a is one that's done really well for me and i put that out not thinking anything would happen because it's a very slow song it's like 50 bpm 60 bpm and it got like new music friday and a lot of a lot of love and it was just like like whoa like i didn't I didn't see that happening at all. I mean, that just also goes to show that sometimes you have no idea, you know, the songs that I think are going to do well don't and the ones that I don't do. Yeah,
0: I feel that way with photograph with my photography. Some photos I think are amazing. No one gives a shit, you know, and then some photo that I think is like pretty average people love, you
1: know. The best you can do is do your best and put it out there and, you know, let let the people decide, right?
0: I can't tell you how many people I've, how many musicians and bands I've interviewed over the years who say their biggest hit wasn't their best song, wasn't their favorite song.
1: I mean, that's a whole different thing. Not, there's the not knowing if a song is going to be good and then it ends up turning good, but to have your successful song be one that, was is not your favorite. Like I'm lucky, for instance, like my song Con- Control is my best performing song right now, all things aside. And I actually really love that song. So, but I've certainly seen other songs that I won't say like that were my favorite, didn't do it as well as I wanted. And yeah, I mean, who, who knows at the end of the day.
0: The last couple of years, you've really had a steady stream, a steady output of new music of singles and albums and stuff like that. The argument now is do albums matter? And I love albums. I think they're a, you know, I'm not a musician. I'm I'm in the music industry, but I'm not a musician. So I, I can't really, you know, I'm not an insider, but at the same time, I appreciate an album because it feels like a whole work, an entire work. How do you feel about the idea of Bands now really not caring about putting out entire albums, or maybe putting out an album that only has seven or eight songs on it.
1: I'm gonna give three answers, quick answers. For okay. That. One, if you're an established band, you have a a following, and and you know by all standards, like things are going well. I think I think they still release albums, and I I think that's a no brainer. Like you like you want to do it, you got the fans there. That's great. The second answer is that it can also feel scary as as someone who's on the you know, who doesn't have the same amount of fan base or accolades or whatever. Either you're really small, you're up and coming, you know, it's a little scary to you're kind of you're taking a big risk in the sense that like you want people to listen to these songs. And I think it's a mentality like if I keep releasing another single like that single might be the one that gets me the attention that then I can justify dropping an album so that there will be more ears on it. Cause I don't want to release this until I have the right platform. And I think that's being strategic. And I think, you know, I've certainly done that. I'm doing that right now uh, with, with the drop of my album. And I think that comes from a good place because you do want the most ears on it. You don't want to release it in it, you know, unfortunately, you know, things, the cycle is very quick now. So people, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, the cycle for re- releases is so quick that you could drop an album of 10 songs and unfortunately it might get passed over. So it's being strategic and being careful with how you release it. But then there's being overly cautious. And if you have something that feels like a body of work, you you need to get it out. I mean, there's just that.
0: And the satisfaction, I think, of, of, of releasing an entire album, a body of work, of a set of songs that are cohesive, that sound good in order has to be something that's very fulfilling as, as a musician.
1: If there's a clear direction, if it just is an assortment of songs, I think it doesn't need to come out. You can wait on it till that single comes or either way. But if it's really a cohesive vision, then it deserves to be released. And then if I put on like a listener perspective or even like an A&R hat, like do albums matter? I think that even if people aren't listening the whole thing, I think that it creates like a moment or like a, a kind of bow on what you've been doing in a certain amount of time that one, like people can look to and be like, okay, like they're, they're serious about their craft. They've put thought into this. They've released it. They've really consolidated. Like, I think people appreciate that conciseness of vision. And then also, at least from my perspective, it kind of like bookends like time periods. Like, okay, that was done.
0: Besides your music, you're kind of known for your style, which I call dad chic. Oh yeah. You wear a lot of slacks and white sneakers with short sleeve button ups and ringer tees and stuff like this. Where did you get your style from?
1: Where I get my style from, I mean, I am, let's see. I think I lean towards simpler classic stuff like just slacks, dickies converse uh i i, I kind of gravitate towards a little maybe like a little retro leaning at shirts and and like button-ups and yeah, i remember being really young and watching like goodfellas and thinking like really how looked t- sweet with like a white feeder and like you know like half my family's italian and like like some parts of that like the west side story look and i don't i honestly don't think about it too much i i wish i did like sometimes i i really think that the fashion and music go hand in hand. And I see, especially younger, you know, I'm in my mid twenties, like the more like hype beast leaning streetwear kind of stuff. Um, if you're willing to dive into that world and go full on in, I think sometimes it does kind of help with the music and creates like a world for that.
0: And you being from Connecticut, you also have this kind of New England preppy kind of yeah. Tommy Hill figure, sailor, like yachtsman kind of vibe sometimes.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's certainly where I come from. I mean, like growing up there and then going to college in New York and moving to Brooklyn, I was like, whoa, like discovering what quote unquote style was <laughs> not saying that I'm there at all, but even just like being aware of these trends and stuff in terms of clothes, like, you know, I just, I'm, I get a lot of my shit just at the thrift store. I mean, I know yeah, that's a little, of course. To say, but they got a lot of great knitted polos and, and, uh, random shirts and uh, you know,
0: well, thank you so much for talking to me. I hope that you make some great music and that you're enjoying yourself and as much as you can.
1: Yeah. Keep an eye out. Uh, I'm putting out a lot of strip, strip songs, strip videos, and then hopefully the new singles will be coming out in like the next month.
0: And where can people find you online?
1: Probably the hub for my creative stuff is Instagram, just at Aaron Tauss. And uh, my YouTube, honestly, is probably just, I mean, that's where I'm most active, I think. Yeah,
0: you wanna to go to the Instagram for the for the looks.
1: Yeah, oh yeah.
0: All right, man, take it easy, thanks a lot.
1: Of course, All stay right. safe. All right, see ya.
0: Thanks for listening to the Pop This Podcast. I'd like to thank my guest, Aaron Tauss. You can find me at jordanedwardsstudio.com and at Jordan Edwards Studio on Instagram. And be sure to check out the latest in entertainment and music at popdust.com.